0: Next week, as we start our missions month, you're going to get to see what God is doing in in our world and and what he's doing through our church. and our, our goal our goal the last three weeks has been to kind of get us in Luke chapter eight and and try to walk into this place where we see a storyline happening and and we're gonna, we're gonna you've read it a couple times they would do that on purpose so you kind of have to sit in the story. Um, but the whole point of the Aware series was honestly just to get us to a place where if you could learn three stories as a believer, if you could learn those three stories out of the book of Luke, the, the bleeding woman who had a health problem, the person who had unexpected crisis, which was the, the, the guys when they were on the boat and Jesus calmed the storm, and in this particular one, if you could learn what, what ha- how to tell a story about what happens when people come under unexpected attack. People come under unexpected spiritual attack. And, and so today we're going to talk about that one in particular. And the whole point of these stories really is one story. I mean, it's one theme, put it that way. And that theme is this, is that Jesus is not just some ordinary nice guy. He's not just some ordinary nice teacher. He's not just some person that's the next rabbi in a long series of rabbis. He's not just some prophet in a long series of prophet. He's the son of God. And by being the son of God, he has authority. And so we're going to talk about, if you, if you can learn this story to people who go through unexpected attack, then it can minister to them. Sometimes it's to share Christ with people, if you can just listen and say, you know, there's a story about what's happening to you that's similar to what happened in the Bible. Can I tell you the story? And if we can learn that, friends, it would go a long way. Today, we're going to talk specifically about what I just called, it's kind of a mouthful, but messengers of power to to those held as prisoners. Messengers of power to those held as as prisoners. And so, you've read the story a couple times. Now, (coughs) let me tell you what's going on. You, you've read the story of, of you know, the, the, when Jesus calms the storm. You've, you've read the story the last, last week of, of what happens to the lady who's going through a health issue. Then this story of the, the person who's been inhabited by a demon. But let me tell you what's about to happen in Luke chapter 9, just for, for your own self, for your own further reading. Jesus is about to send out the, the disciples and, and all of his crew. He's going to send them out into the villages. And the first thing he tells them is go, he, he's go cast out demons, all right? Imagine me doing that on a Sunday. Hey, y'all, we're all going to go into Fieldstone Farms, and this is what we're going to, you know, think about it. I mean, he, he's sending them out. And then right after all of that happens, a few weeks later, a few days later, Jesus becomes transfigured on the mountain to show himself in full glory. The whole point of this is I'm not just another person. I'm not just another teacher. And they're trying to get their heads around that, and you've seen that. Now, here's the thing that I want you to look at. Let's, let's look at verse 27 for just a minute. This is a little bit different sermon series because we're, we're talking about learning stories we can tell to other people. But let's talk about for a minute about what, what it does for us. Verse 27, it says that when Jesus had come out on the land, he was met by a man in the city who was possessed with demons. And he had not had any, on any clothing for a long time. He was not living in any house, but he was living among the tombs. This guy's entire life was affected by the demonic. It was affecting him in his body. It was affecting him. He was homeless. It was affecting every facet of life. He was living in isolation. He was living tortured. It. it it touched everything, and that, that's one of the first truths. I just want you to kind of understand kind of the underpinning of this story, and I, I kind of said it this way, is that demonic power turns life into bondage. Demonic power turns life into bondage. That's what happens. You see, when, when the dark forces touch somebody's life, it, it, it takes living things and turns them into dead things. It manipulates all of a person's faculties, and it happened with this guy. And, and I'll tell you, just so you know, on a side note, I think we have a lot to learn from the Scriptures on this topic because today, if you think about what's happened in the last few hundred years, what we now call scientific problems or clinical problems or even sometimes health problems, the Bible calls spiritual problems. Right? Now you need to know that. Now I also I also understand in that day let's just face it. sometimes they thought that if you had a brain problem, the cure was to cut a hole in your skull and let a little blood out, and let's see what you know, we've come a long way, you know, since some of those days. come a long way from bloodletting. But I will tell you, one of the things that I see on the modern human landscape is we want to try to explain a lot of things through medical. And sometimes we know, just based on even this passage alone, the enemy comes after our body. He just comes after. He did it with Job, didn't he? Sometimes he just comes at at us. And I would say to you, Christian friend, be very careful the, the, the you, listen, I, I want to say a few things, and I don't want you to don't misquote me because i got a podcast to prove what I said. Okay, I have to take you back to the mark on the minute, right? Sometimes there's always the sermon I preach and the sermon you heard, right? But I want to say something to you. I'm all for things like health care. Praise God for good doctors. Seriously. I'm all for things like medication, I am. I mean, if God heals somebody through science or if he heals somebody through a doctor, awesome. It doesn't bother me a bit. I think it's awesome. But I will tell you, we live in a culture now that wants to throw a pill at everything. And medication. I've got family members. I mean, I've benefited from, you know, medication. I've been adversely affected, too, by, you know, things like prednisone, you know, been banned from that one in my family if you ever taken pregnancy, i'm riffing for a minute i need to stop right you know but i want to say to you i think the christian body would do well if you're suffering from something let's do this let's take it to the heavenly father first and let's say hey god is there something acting out in the spirit world here that's causing this to happen in my family is there something that I'm going through? This anger that I have, is that is that not because of what's going on in my job or is the is there an outside force trying to do that? These people were held hostage. This guy was held hostage. Demons are real. And I want, I want I've said this to you many, many times. I think the modern church culture, we, we've moved further and further away from things that want to spot that kind of stuff and spot principalities and spot demons and what it means to come against the spiritual forces. And I want to tell you that normal Christianity, I hope you're listening, normal Christianity is a Christianity that has demons. Normal Christianity average 101 christianity presupposes hell it presupposes the dark world normal christianity says that god can heal people too that he hasn't stopped healing people regardless of what you might even hear from some pulpits that didn't go out with the new testament era I don't see a single verse in the New Testament that says God has stopped watching people speak in tongues. I don't see a a play. I've never done it. Want to. Y'all know that. Never has happened to me. Maybe just once. But never has happened to me. But God speaks through dreams. God speaks through angels. God speaks. God does all kinds of things in the supernatural. So let's don't call abnormal what God calls normal. Okay? It just may not be normal to you in your great tucked away life. But here, this was normal, and so Jesus goes into this world. Now, you know, I'll tell you, we, t- we talked a lot in the past year about trying to come up with five core values, like the what were the ways of Jesus, like what were the lifestyle habits of Jesus. And at Clearview, if you're new to Clearview, we talk a lot about, we've tried to settle in on a couple of core values in our church that, that we patterned them around the lifestyle of Jesus, and one of those was to engage your neighbor right? That Jesus taught us to engage your neighbor. He taught us that's one of the key principles of that book. What was Jesus, why was he doing that? I mean, was it just because it's good to be good and nice to be nice? I mean, we are Southern, you know, we wave at people, we talk to people. No, it's not just because we're good to be good and nice to be nice. Jesus told us to engage our neighbor because people are being affected by the powers of, of hell. I was reminded this week of what, of what John said about the purpose of Jesus' coming. You ready for this? Look at 1 John. 1 John 3.8 says, The Son of God appeared for this purpose. What's that purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. Jesus didn't just tell us to go engage our neighbor, to just, you know, be nice to people and have some charity and have a 501c3 nonprofit where we can give out some things from time to time and make life a little better on Franklin Road. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus himself said about the devil, John chapter 10, verse 10, look at this verse, the thief comes one purpose only, don't ever forget that word, one purpose only, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's two verses right there that tell you why Jesus came now, there's a lot we could say about this passage. There's a whole lot. I mean, there's, it's a long passage, and there's a lot of stories, and there's a long places you could go. It, it, it probably deserves a month, maybe more. But when we're looking at Missions Month at Clearview, and we're looking at kind of who we are and walking into Missions Month, I really believe there's two key principles I just want to lay on you today, and maybe you could leave here thinking about these two this week when it comes to your life. Number one, the call of Jesus the call of Jesus is a calling to engage hostile regions. The call of Jesus is a calling to engage hostile regions. Did you notice something about this story? There's two things in here that really jumped out to me. Number one, first of all, this is a place where Jews aren't going. They're not going there. Why? Pigs, Right? I mean, I like bacon, you know. I've even got proof of it if I turn profile, you know. I like bacon. I like meat, you know. I I mean, I'm kind of glad we're in a New Testament world because it opened up a lot of cuisine, you know. But pigs are there. No Jews going. Right? Second, dead people. Dead people. There's... They're not going. You know why? Ceremonially unclean. You get around that, it's gonna excommunicate you for temple for a while, and then your, your whole life rhythm's messed up. So there's there's off-limit things in garrison There's things that are that are no, off-limit, not going. What did Jesus do? Stepped right into it. Got in a boat, made an effort, maybe had to spend a little money, borrow a boat. It took time, it took effort. And he goes into that region. Jesus calls us to go into places that are hostile. Now, look, I, I don't don't miss I'm not advocating that we, you know, walk right up into the middle of the Gaza Strip right now with all that's going on over there. I'm not advocating that. What I'm saying is, friends, listen. I want you to listen to something. Just the next time, the next time that you hear, if you're at a church, we, I try not to do this here when we're praying over missions teams. I really don't. I don't. I try not. There's a certain way I don't pray over missions teams, because the most of the time we pray over mission teams. What's the first thing we're praying and begging God for? Safety, safety, safety. God keep him safe. God keep him safe. God keep him safe. I don't know. When I read this book, it was far from safe. In fact, the stories that we read, they died, and they died gladly. I'm telling you, friends. I, I think the church, in a lot of ways, we've learned how to be soft. When's the last time you took a risk in the name of Jesus? I mean it. When's the last time you took a risk in Jesus' name? And, and I don't talk, talk about walking up into the middle of Iraq or going into the middle of some hostile Muslim country. When's the last time you took a risk and you walked in to the office of maybe your boss and said, hey, listen, I watch you and I see you frustrated and I know about your life. Do you know who Jesus is? Because he can change how you lead this place. That's a risk. When's the last time you told a friend, listen, you're you're seeking out all these doctors' helps and nobody's getting anywhere. You're kind of like the the bleeding woman. Nobody's getting anywhere. Have you stopped for a minute to think that Jesus is the answer? You see, sometimes a risk isn't 27,000 miles away. Sometimes it might be literally a text away. But you got to put yourself out there. you got to put yourself out there to minister in the name of Jesus, Jesus shows us he's willing to go into places that none of the Jews are willing to go. Which brings me to my second point, and that is the call of Jesus is a calling to expect hostile responses. We don't like hostile responses, right? Now look, man, I'm 50 years old. I can tell you, you know, I don't like drama, and I'm, you know, I I don't need a bunch of added junk in my life you know you know what i mean it's you get wiser with age and you start trying to go oh, i don't have to much to prove anymore right but i can tell you the christian community if you look back across the history of time when did the church flourish when it was squeezed when did it flourish when it was persecuted when did it flourish when there were martyrs when did it flourish when it cost us something to carry the name of Christ and so Jesus goes in to this area now let's pick it up in verse 35 this is kinda interesting to me so they all know this guy right I mean let me ask you something would you know him oh I think just a little you know every time they had to do a funeral can you imagine like, who's going who's gonna to deal with Joe? You know, I'm just giving him that name. Who's going to deal with Joe, right? Oh, that's the crazy dude. Oh, yeah, he's got mental health issues. Yeah, he screams at people. In fact, he break, he, they tried to put handcuffs on him. They'd be broke, those jokers. I mean, this guy has a story, right? So, verse 35, the people went out. Jesus does what he does with the demons, throws them into pigs. Verse 35, the people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, verse 35, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Can you imagine that sight? I mean, this dude that has been violent, everybody's afraid of him. I mean, this, this has been a miracle in front of their eyes. It's epic. Everything's awesome. And what did they do? Instant worship service, praising God. No. My, miracle right there among them. Miracle. What do they do? Hey. Like, can you leave? Seriously, if, you're ever th- if you ever see yourself as like spiritually deficient, you're doing better than these people, okay? I'm just going to give you a little hope right now, right? If, you're, if you ever feel like you're a spiritual, you know, pygmy or something, you're just, you're not. The, the, talk about lizard brain thinking, right? They're just, you would, God has just healed somebody. There's no celebration. Nothing good is coming from it. In fact, they go so far as to tell the very deliverer, get out of here. Leave us. You know, you know what this tells me? I thought about this when I was reading the story again this week. What do we always pray in Christian circles? What we pray for all the time. It's for God to show up, don't we? Oh, God, show up. We prayed for it this morning at 845 right here in this circle. Oh, God, show up in our worship services. Oh, God, we just need you to show up. Okay, what if he does? What if he does? What if he, because this is what I know about Jesus. When Jesus shows up on a landscape, it doesn't stay the same. Jesus came and he walks right up into this situation and he says, Tell me your name. In fact, before he even says that, they're like, what are you doing here? He hasn't even spoken yet. Why are you here? Don't do anything to us. Please don't hurt us. Like, they understood immediately who he was. When Jesus shows up into a situation, he's going to change it. So let me tell you something. You might want to watch it before you ask God to start invading your business. He might change the way you spend money. Y'all got real quiet. (laughs) Be careful before you ask God to invade your marriage, man. he He might challenge you and tell you the way you're treating your wife is way off base. Be careful if you ask God to engage your dating life. He may tell you to stop having sex with the person you're not married to. Jesus changes stuff. Jesus changes stuff. He does. And you can expect that the people of God are, are not the people of God, but people in general aren't always going to, to like that. In fact, demonic level often increases. It, it often, I'm telling you, man, when when churches that never receive any friction, churches that never have any grind or grit or stuff like that, it's probably because nothing's really happening worth fighting over. I'm telling you, our town could use some disruption are you with me our town could use some disruption we got it really easy here but I will tell you this it may look easy but we have our own set of demonic forces they just move differently here and they act differently here you can expect Hostile responses. If you want to be a church that engages real life, Jesus will change things. I heard one guy say it this way one time. Remember Mr. Rogers? Remember Mr. Rogers? How many of y'all grew up watching Mr. Rogers? When I, I, I remember, yeah, yeah. I had a... Uh, one of my professors on, on the doctoral level, told, he actually had a history in television way back when in the 70s, and, and he had a history in public television. It's kind of funny. He said um, they talked to some of the people that worked with him, and, and, and this was like I started my doctoral work in probably like 2000, 2001, and he, and he said, uh, they said, you know, they told us you can drop that show into almost any era of humanity and it'll work. And the reason it'll work is the psychology behind it. You could drop it into today's television and kids will go, it's the way they produced it and the way he did it. But I was reading this one theologian one time. He was talking about the life of Jesus and Jesus walking into a hostile world and Pharisees. And he says, you know, what was Mr. Rogers' deal? He just wants to be your neighbor. He just wants... He just wants to be your neighbor. He just wants, it's good to be good. It's nice to be nice. He just wants to be your neighbor. But I will tell you this I love what this guy said. He said, Nobody kills that man. Nobody crucifies Mr. Rogers. Nobody crucifies that personality. So why did they kill Jesus? Because the Bible does call Jesus the Lamb of God, but he's also called the Lion of Judah. Mr. Rogers doesn't intimidate governments. He doesn't get kicked out of cities. Now He was awesome. Let's face it, he was great. But the point remains the same. I think in many ways we have tamed this Jesus that we worship. The works of the devil are not soft. In fact, let's look at the verse again. Look at the verse. It says, the purpose, Jesus said, the son of, John said, the Son of God appeared. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil aren't soft. And there's carnage left behind. And there's brokenness left behind. And there's problems left behind when the devil touches it. And the point of the story is that Jesus has authority over the demons. Some of you even this morning You've come to a place where you've just gotten used to taking it. You've just gotten to a place in your life where it's just normal to experience this. It's just normal to experience these kind of things. I'm here to tell you, friends, Jesus came out of a grave and he filled you with his spirit, not so you would be weak. He filled you with his spirit that you would have strong minds strong hearts and when you encounter the demons you've been given authority over them because christ in you is the hope of glory you know it means a lot to us that you would come here today and be a part of who we are it really does matter to us more than you might realize sometimes i think we underestimate the power we have to influence people you know if you would look around your world You'd be amazed at how many people would receive what you have to say to them. You could be a digital missionary. You don't have to post everything on Facebook, or we're not asking you to go on your favorite social platform. But I would challenge you to look around your world. I guarantee you might have a friend, even in a different state or another part of the world, something was said today, whether a sermon, a prayer, a song, something was said that could mean a lot to them. Man, send it to them. You'd be amazed at how much of a difference that could make.